0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with the heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Heavenly Father, I do give you thanks and praise that you have gathered us together at this time, given us this opportunity for fellowship with one another. And I do pray that you would indeed direct and guide that, that we might enjoy the the warmth and and the reality of Christian fellowship. And I also give you thanks that you have enabled us to have fellowship in your word. And as always, I pray that ultimately that it wouldn't be my words, but that we would hear your word this morning, Jesus, your son, who is the living word and whom we have life and salvation. And so as we're gathered now, be in the midst of us and speak to us, I pray. In the name of Jesus, your son. Amen. Amen. So uh, the next, yeah, and these are in each of these classes. I'll say are standalone. I was going to say for the next four weeks, uh, we're going to be walking through um, just what is some of the, um, the the folly, the irony, and the truth uh, of of Christianity, uh, of, of the Christian life, and our Christian faith. Because it really is. Um, we've obviously, well, hopefully you've noticed we've been preaching through First Corinthians, um, and and Paul talks about the folly um, of the cross. Um, it, it's it's it's, it's folly that through seeming um, defeat, through seeming suffering, uh, through seeming uh, uh, embarrassment and shame that God would choose to, to save us, uh, that God would choose to restore and to reconcile us through something as um, ignominious as the cross. Uh, and of course, if you think back, I mean, not just, but I mean, good grief throughout the entirety of the scriptures, um, the way that God uh, began to uh, form and fashion his people uh, think about it. When we're talking about folly, who are the who are the two um, that he chose? What who are the couple that God chose uh, to begin to establish His people? Him? Yeah, uh, a retired barren couple, um, and said, "Through you, I will make a great nation uh, that will that won't be able to be numbered." I mean, talk about God's sense of humor, um, the folly and the irony, uh, and yet the truth about the way that God um, brings about salvation and 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 restoration, and so. We're going to be looking at some different biblical texts, reflecting hopefully um, on the truth of that. And, and and what I hope to do, not just in this but always, is is again ultimately to put before us uh, the word of God and, and the truth of God that it might encounter us. Uh, that we might be encountered by it, and that we might encounter uh, the word of God. But then also, um, yes, to hear the truth of the word of God. But then also to think about how does that, um, how does that truth yes, certainly first and foremost bring us into a relationship with God, but then also how does that affect our relationships with with other people? Um, Because otherwise, basically what we turn into is is another stripe of Pharisee. Um, How does that truth not only um, take root in our relationship with God, but then how does that also flow out into our relationship with others? And uh, Luke 7 is where we'll be today, and and particularly... um, uh, and i'll if if you 've brought your Bible with you um, fantastic but i 'll read the particular portion or actually just pull out your phones um, and you can pull up your pull up your Bible on your on your phone as well but primarily we 're going to be looking at the last encounter of the seventh chapter of luke 's gospel when Jesus goes to the home of Simon the Pharisee uh, and we hear that a that a woman of the city comes in to that gathering but uh I'll do a very brief uh, summary of Luke 7. One of the things that, that we see, and this is, this goes back to not just, but particularly in, in Luke chapter 5, one of the things that that's noted uh, and one of the things that is uh, scandalous uh, and offensive about Jesus and his ministry, at least to a certain contingent, and of course it's tremendously um, encouraging and life-giving to other contingents, but one of the things early on is that, that Jesus... Um, hangs out with sinners, uh, and Jesus has, well, he doesn't just encounter sinners, but, but Jesus seems to have fellowship with sinners. Jesus eats uh, with sinners, and particularly in, in biblical times, uh, meals were something that really divided and separated people. There are very specific uh, religious and moral rules surrounding meals and the way that things were washed and the way that things that you were washed and the way that things were received and the people that you had fellowship with. Uh, meals are actually something which were, uh, in many ways, incredibly decisive, divisive. And Jesus uh, has been um, eating with sinners uh, in a way which has been noticed and has been um, scandalous. And in Luke chapter 7, uh, in many ways, we see that, that, that outsiders are insiders, uh, and insiders, um, basically, it's left open. Um, outsiders are made insiders, uh, and insiders Their ultimate and final relationship with Jesus is Luke um, tantalizingly leaves open. Um, And uh, I'll say uh, Jesus heals a centurion's servant. Um, Again, because of time, I'll uh, I'll, uh, I'll sort of uh, just give a a quick overview. If you remember the story, a centurion had a servant, we're told, that was uh, particularly um, dear to him, particularly valuable to him. And he sent word... Um, through uh, through some of the Jews actually to, uh, uh, to Jesus um, asking that Jesus would heal um, his servant uh, and we hear that Jesus not only hears this request but Jesus um, responds to this request and, and the people tell Jesus you know what yeah he's, he's a Roman and and I'll state the obvious which you're probably familiar with Romans this is kind of like a, uh, a simplistic but uh, let me ask you this: If you're a Jew um, and and the Romans um, are the occupying force in your country, what is your disposition toward the Romans? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where does you know? We're let's start off easy. Let's start off with an easy question. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and and yet we're told um, that they actually um, that that this guy is is different. He has built their synagogue for them, uh, and uh, interestingly. Uh, one of the things, uh, and this is in seven four. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with them earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him, um, for he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. So, I mean, there's a big deal right there. I mean, that's a simple sentence, but it's a big deal. Uh, Jesus went with them. And as they say, he's, he's worthy. Uh, you know, granted, maybe this is me projecting my theology on Jesus, but, I mean, who among us is actually worthy? But... Um, But we see that Jesus goes, uh, Jesus goes with them, and Jesus went with them, and when he was not far from the house, and maybe you remember this, the centurion sent friends saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, therefore I did not presume to come to you, but say the word, and let my servant be healed, for I too am a man set under authority, with soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes into another. Come, and he comes into my servant. Do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marvelled at him, and turning to the crowd that followed him, said, "I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith." And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. Jesus you know, amazed by the centurion's faith. Look, you know, here basically the centurion, the outsider, the pagan says, "Look, I believe your word." Uh, I believe if you say it's done, then it's uh, done. I mean, you know, we we want to we want to make faith flowery, but I mean, talk about talk about faith. The servant says, basically, look, I, I believe uh, I believe you, and I believe the truth uh, of your word. Uh, so here, Jesus does something which likely was scandalous and offensive to some that that he uh, healed uh, the servant of this centurion. Jesus next raises a widow's son. Um, he comes across um, a funeral procession, a great crowd. Uh, this, this woman, a widow, this is her only son. Talk about leaving her in a place not only of, of, of sadness, but, but real vulnerability as well with the death of her son. She was a widow, and we hear that a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said, do not weep. Then he came up. And touched the beer, and the bearers stood still. In that particular time, in that particular place, um, ritual cleanliness uh, was uh, was a big deal. Uh, and and what is more unclean to those uh, people of Jesus's time than a dead body? Um, and yet here we see Jesus in a way which is um, gracious uh, and amazing, we get sort of scandalous and offensive. What, what does he do? Uh, he stops and he places his hand on the mirror. And it's no wonder they, the people stood still. They said, "Wait a minute! I can't believe I can't believe that Jesus is is doing this." And so, we're, uh, the people, surely um, carrying uh, the dead man, um, were were shocked um, by this. And Jesus said, "Simple young man, I say to you, rise." Uh, And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all. And they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. So hang on to those words. A great prophet has risen among us, uh, and God has appeared um, to his people. So here is this groundswell of recognition, if not complete recognition, certainly an awareness that, wait a minute, um, God is clearly uh, in the midst of us. Uh, and this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. And then after this, messengers of John the Baptist um, uh, come to Jesus from John and, and, and John is uh, imprisoned and, and John is asking, are you the one? Um, are, are you the one? Are you the one? Or should we look? Uh, or should we look for another. Uh, And Jesus, uh, in response, uh, tells John's followers, go and tell John what you've seen and heard. And and basically what Jesus not only demonstrates, but refers to are the various prophecies from Isaiah about what the Messiah, the suffering servant, will look like and what, um, what he will accomplish. And so Jesus, in essence, is telling the followers of John, go and tell them what what you've seen and what you've heard, uh, basically saying, you know, I I am um, the fulfillment. It's like if you go back to Luke 4, I love the uh, the encounter when, when Jesus goes to the synagogue and he reads from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and everybody's like, oh, that was a great reading. And then Jesus says, today these words have been fulfilled in your hearing. And they say, wait a minute. Um, and they go to throw them off the brow uh, of the hill um, after that. So Jesus says this. Um, Go and tell John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one um, who is not uh, offended um, by me. He sends this message um, back to them, and then he speaks words of praise uh, for John the Baptist. uh, And yet, even in those words of praise, though, he says, I tell you, among those born of women... None is greater than John, yet the one who's least in the kingdom of God is greater than he." And he goes on and he talks about the generation and he wonderfully says, you know what, you're like a bunch of kids, you don't know what you want. Um, John came fasting and, and you had a problem with that. Uh, and the Son of Man, I've come um, eating and drinking and, and you have a problem um, with, that, with that as well. Um, we played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not weep. Um, Jesus says, uh, uh, "You don't know what you want." Uh, and so now we come. Here's the passage that I'm going to read to you now. Uh, that the heading in in my Bible says, "A sinful woman um, forgiven," uh, and it's a it's a fabulous encounter. There are there are similar encounters. Uh, where Jesus uh, is, uh, has um, uh, nard broken and uh, poured out um, over him, where uh, he has uh, his uh, feet washed. But this, this one is unique uh, from the others. This is unique to Luke's gospel. And Let me read it to you. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table... And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee, who had invited him, saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering him said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say a teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors, one owed five hundred denarii and the other fifty. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? You do not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but he is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Um, go in peace. The word of the Lord. Be to God. Well, I've got a number of things I, I want to share by way of specifically to the text, and, and again, hopefully by way of our reflecting about um, how this um, folly and irony and truth of the gospel, what it might reveal about God, what it re- might reveal about you and about me as well. Um, but but as I uh, before I do that. Let me just pause for just a moment and and ask y'all. And if it's crickets, I'll keep moving. Um, but what what's your first reaction to this? Is that well? Let me ask you this: Is it is it a, is it a story that you remember? And, and if you don't, um, you're, you're not um, excommunicated. Um, but uh, yeah, what what's your first reaction as you as you think about this? As y'all are warming up, I'll say this: One of the things, and this is not uh, this is not especially. Uh, in, Insightful. One of the things that always puzzled me is, like, is in this and others, so I'm like, how do these people get in? Uh, do these people not have doors? Do they not have attendants? I mean, how do these people get in and wreck their Pharisee parties? Well, what's going on here? Um, you know, Who's paying attention? Um, but yeah, any, anything that... Uh, she, she has a debt she can never repay. Yes. Owes, she shows so much she can never pay it uh, uh, works. Yeah. Absolutely. She'd always have that brand on her. In, in, so and and indeed, and exactly. You know that uh, much has been made about the fact that she is a, a woman of the city who was a sinner. Uh, I don't know if I maybe most is is too strong, but but many uh, assume that she's a prostitute, and that and that may well uh, that may well be the case. That's not said specifically. I mean, you can. It, that's not necessarily a stretch to think that that she was a prostitute, but but regardless, um, she certainly would have had a, a scarlet letter, whether she was a prostitute um, or, or or not. Um, yeah, we're told. Yeah, she's not a woman from the city; she's a woman of the city, um, is is whats what is what we're told. Um, yeah, I mean, certainly uh, shocking. Um, and yeah, it's. I, I'll tell you, there's a and I'm gonna show, there I, there's some different. Um, uh, resources and, and one of these, um, you know, like any research I tell you, uh, and I've got a number of others. I, I didn't want to come in um, carrying 50 books, but um, this is a there's a um, this is a great little book that I've just started reading. Um, this is the uh, this is the commercial portion uh, of today's class. Scandalous stories, a sort of commentary on parables, uh, and it's a collection <laughs> of uh, sermons and talks uh, by these guys, Daniel Emery Price and Eric Sorensen. Uh, really, really, really good, and they have um, the one of the one of the chapters is on this particular um, passage, and they've got some great uh, insights. And another one, uh, Kenneth Bailey, Jesus through Middle Eastern eyes, um, and and obviously one of the things that this is helpful in some of these. It really delves down into a lot of the culture and a lot of the practices at that particular time. Things that would be Unknown, unknown to me, um, uh, things that, I, that are that are really that are that are significant, but I would not have known. But they have one one of the great lines. You know, you mentioned, um, "Pad, you're such a star student." Um, we're glad that you're here today. Um, but it was funny. Um, one of the one of the great lines in the commentary on this particular passage. Is, uh, he writes this. He says, "Obviously." the room was occupied with two types of sinners, law keepers and law breakers. Um, uh, it was occupied with two types of sinners, law keepers and law breakers. And that's actually, that's part of the punchline of the whole encounter and the whole um, parable. And, and John, to what you said as well, uh, and this is what's in some ways um, scandalous and offensive, is, is we all have a debt that's greater than we can pay. Uh, and in fact, uh, Jesus uh, wonderfully Uh, Illustrates that in that little tiny parable he tells in response to Simon. Simon, Simon, I have a story to tell you. Two debtors, uh, one owed 50 days' wages, one owed 500 um, days' wages. Uh, Both were unable to pay their debt. So I mean, at that point, whether you've got a big debt or a little debt, if you can't pay it, you know, it it does it doesn't matter, right? Um, You're you're stuck um, you're stuck either way, whether it's a small debt or a large debt, and of course um uh, there there you have it but one of the things that he, that he points out is uh, you know who is forgiven the greater debt um who's going to love him more and and interestingly one of the things about this parable that that uh, uh, and about this encounter um that, that Luke does uh, he leaves it open ended we don't know whether Simon comes around or not um but I, and this is again This is all wildly speculative, but isn't it it fun sometimes to be wildly speculative? Um, But one of the things that's that's noteworthy is that Simon's name is included. Uh, And quite frankly, in a lot of the encounters that Jesus has, uh, names aren't given, right? It's pretty rare um, that you see a name mentioned. And the fact that Simon's name is included, again, this uh, is is speculation, but but could lead us to think that that Simon came around. Um, Came around to actually believe um that Jesus was in fact um, God who'd come into the midst of us, that that salvation and restoration came about through his cross through his resurrection rather than through um, our efforts and our works. It seems significant that Simon's name uh, is, is mentioned here. perhaps he later became part of the part of the community of, of believers. Um, uh, so what any, anything else y'all that Jumps I mean, great great stuff so far. Thank you for for all of that. Uh, anything else that that jumps out at you uh, as we hit this? Our cultural, for her to have her hair out? Like just the fact that she's using her hair means it's uncovered. Yeah. A- absolutely. I mean, you know, even to this, you know, even to this day in particular in that time, yeah, modesty was a um you know, it wasn't just modesty, but but yeah, it was expectation. I mean, there are very much in in Jewish circles, one could and, and, uh being a woman of the city, she probably wasn't married. Um but yeah, one could divorce their wife for for having her hair down in in public. That was the grounds the grounds um, for for a divorce. Um, I mean, seems a little ex- extreme, but um, yeah. But 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 there you are. Um, that was that was grounds uh, for divorce. Yeah, I mean, all sorts of um, all sorts of line crossing is is going on here. I mean, not only is is her is her hair down, and some of the commentators will say, yeah, you know, while it was customary, there was in some of these contexts, maybe women did have their hair down, but that would have been a big deal. And certainly, um, touching um, touching a man that's not your husband would be, I mean, you know, again, just like a, I mean, not even a sexual touch. I mean, just any sort of touch would be um, a huge um, border crossing. I mean, something that just would not, uh, would not be done. The fact that, the, the fact that she not only had her hair down, the fact um, that That she touched him, and you know, one of the things I always think about as well, and fairness to Simon and the others, um, uh, uh, it would it would be awkward. Um, It would be awkward. I mean, y'all are pretty loosey-goosey as I look at all of y'all, but it'd be pretty awkward for me. Um, (laughs) But you know, I mean, you think about we're pretty. You know, it's kind of like all right, let's let's not show too much emotion. Um, Thank you very much. Now, it's funny. The I was talking about this story with the vestry the other day, and. Um, this is, uh, uh, that, that might be a little too bold to say, a, a perfect illustration, but it's a good illustration, I think, is that, you know, if you're talking to someone and they begin to cry, or if you're talking to someone, with someone and you begin to cry, what are typically the two words that they say or you say? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Exactly. I mean, we're you know, it's funny. We're just, yeah, exactly. It's like, I, I, I want to keep control. Um, of, of my emotions. I don't want to make this um, uncomfortable. So if we're in the, with someone and we begin to cry, we typically say I'm sorry. If someone's with us and they begin to cry, that's, yeah, that's uh, that's what we say as well, that, that I'm sorry. And so surely yeah, for some and the others, this would be incredibly, uh, this is uh, an incredible and, and, and seemingly um, out of hand show of emotion um, from this woman um, toward Jesus. Um, however, uh, not to not To jump ahead, but to jump ahead um, i 'll I'll, I'll say this it 's because she gets it she gets she gets it she gets the message uh, of the gospel and obviously that 's what I want for you and for me to hear as well i mean she gets it, it it's it 's likely that she had heard the preaching and the teaching of Jesus um, that she had heard the preaching and the teaching of Jesus in in his proclamation of the gospel. And she had believed, uh, and in believing, God's grace. It's the M and M's. Uh, the M and M's are being filled right now. If you're wondering what that sound is, um, that's right. Stick around for after the eleven, you can have M and M's. Um, but 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 she had heard Jesus preaching, and she had believed that that he was in fact who he he claimed to be. Um, uh, that he was in fact. And let me just say this as well. Um, as as she comes in, uh, and as she is. Um, offering all this to Jesus. Um, he doesn't say, "Stop." Now, if if it were done to you or to me, what would we say? No. Exactly, we rightly would say, "Look, I, you know, thanks, but I, you know, I don't, I don't deserve. I don't deserve this type of devotion. Um, uh, this is this is over the top in relationship with with me. I mean, just a, just to thank you is is sufficient. I, devotion." Um, to me is 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 inappropriate you shouldn't be devoted um to me and and interestingly i mean it's it's scandalous jesus doesn't say this is out of jesus doesn't say this is inappropriate he doesn't say no 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 you jesus receives he receives her he receives her devotion uh he he doesn't um push her away one of the things that's noted and i think this is probably right and this was something that i missed which we could fill a book with the things that i miss um, but uh Simon invites Jesus to his house, right, and at first you think, oh, that's great that Simon invites Jesus to his house." but one of the things we notice as the scene begins to unfold um, is the the, the 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 basics of respect and hospitality there that are omitted uh, and and as you know um, that that speaks volumes doesn't it the 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 uh, leaving out of those uh, signs of respect and hospitality you know for instance um, uh if i if i 'm you know going and visiting folks, whether it be you know and uh, you know i 'm going around whether it be you know the retirement community or their homes or the hospital and I go in and um and they don 't turn the t v off and they don 't invite me to sit down. What is that saying <laughs> one doesn 't have to be um particularly astute to say I think they 'd rather me move along, so let me pray for you, the Lord be with you um you know what God bless you. Um, yeah I mean obviously the, the exclusion of those things if someone comes to your home and, well I mean what do you do you you try to make them feel welcome you know it's uh, please uh, come in may I take your coat can I get you uh, Can I get you something please have a seat I mean it's not uh, effusive but you you know you those things that you do to make them feel comfortable and one of the things that we note later is Jesus is talking with Simon and says look i I came and you didn't uh, one of the things would have been customary, some water and some uh, some olive oil to to wash, to clean up. you didn't you didn't give me uh, you didn't do that at all. You didn't give me um, a, a kiss, basically, which is simply a kiss of peace, a piece, a greeting. welcome. Um, uh, you, you know all of these all of these things you didn't do um, when i when I came into your house and what likely was happening here uh, is that Simon and the others had heard and had seen the preaching and the teaching of Jesus as well. Uh, and basically the elders had gotten them together and they invited Jesus in so they could straighten them out. Um we're going to we're going to bring you in and basically we're going to we're going to grill you. Um we're going to go ahead um yeah. Yeah, we're we're reclining a table, but uh this is basically you you're here for the board of examining chaplains. Um we're here to we're here to examine you uh and and really we're here to set you straight. <laughs> and wonderfully as Jesus does another shocker who examines whom uh, Jesus uh, turns the table and it's and it's the others um, who are uh, examined uh, and one of the things and 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 whether whether right or wrong but I think there's probably um, in, in Bailey's commentary uh, on this uh, and he's drawing not only from his own insights but but the various commentary of of the early uh, Christian Church um, the way um, that that others and 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 modern folks as well. Dietrich Bonhoeffer is one he he draws from as well. But one of the things he notes, and and again, this maybe, maybe not, but um, I think he's right, um, is that this woman um, sees uh, the offense um, toward Jesus, uh, and she identifies with Jesus uh, in in the offense. She identifies with Jesus in his rejection. And so, again, there's this uh, amazing... Turning of the tables, which is which is going on here, and and, and let me say this: um, I, I think clearly, this woman had heard and believed the preaching of Jesus, had heard and believed in Jesus, because for her to come to the home of Simon the Pharisee, talk about a talk about a risk of faith. Um, surely she knew uh, it's it's borne out. She knew the type of reception that she was going to receive. She was not going to receive a warm, warm Glad to see you. Um, she knew that she was going to receive judgment. She knew that she was going to receive scorn. She knew that she was going to receive rejection um, from Simon and, and and from those with him. And yet um, she's drawn. That, that speaks to the power of God's grace. That speaks to the power of the good news. That speaks to the freedom that she had received, uh, that she had been and she had been forgiven. She had been restored because ultimately what what? What moves us in that way? Is it is it or is it the law or is it God's grace? When you think about it in your own life, what what moves you? It's when it's when you receive forgiveness you know you don't deserve. It's when you receive loving grace that you haven't earned. That's that's what moves you. That's what breaks down um, barriers. That that's the type is is as, as faultily as you and I do it. That's the type of power. Um, that's also entrusted to you and to me as people who have been recipients of that to begin to extend that um, to other people in our lives. Um, uh, to, rather than taking the moral high ground um, to, to extend that type of love and that type of grace and that type of mercy and forgiveness to people in our lives as well, uh, that, that, that power uh, begins to travel. So she she comes because she heard that Jesus was going to be there, and, and as far as how they get in, apparently it was reasonably common um, in a in a in a town in a place when a when a noted teacher would would be there, um, uh, an invitation would would be extended to a noted teacher, and they would come to this particular place, and people from the community were allowed to come in and gather around, um, basically on the wall, um, you know. Um, uh, be, be seen but not heard. Um, you, you could gather around and you could listen in to the conversation. You could listen in um, to the teaching. And so uh, this woman, again, came um, into this context and, and, and she sees the way um, in which uh, Jesus is treated. And, and in Bailey's um, commentary, he, he writes this. Um, the woman was deeply dismayed at the insult to Jesus and said to herself, they will not offer these courtesies. Very well, I will offer them instead. She washed his feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. Once washed, she kissed and anointed them with perfume. With this dramatic act, she entered into Jesus' pain of rejection and public humiliation. Uh, It seems like a a significant comment there. With this act, she entered into Jesus' pain of rejection and public humiliation. Simon's plan was now frustrated. The person he and his friends were deliberately humiliating... Was now receiving um, special honor, um, uh, their desire. Uh, but one of the things I want to note as well, and think about this, and I think this is uh, so obviously to some degree, um, Simon and, and the others, in 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 the best intentions of the Pharisees, um, they wanted they wanted to follow God, uh, and they wanted their nation to. To be great again, they wanted their nation to return to God. They they wanted things to change and for people to change, and they wanted things to be restored. So again, in their in their best intentions, they, they wanted Israel to be holy. Um, they wanted Israel to be uh, God's uh, people and God's nation. And and of course, the way that they thought that they needed to go about that was through diligently following the law, um, and uh, diligently following the law. And if and if we can if we can do this, and if we can live up to this. Uh, then it will then it will bring God back to our country and it will bring our country um, back back to God so again you know in, in fairness to them, this is the way that they desire to accomplish this uh, the uh, and 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 the challenge is of course that um, human nature being human nature uh, it, it it tends to lead us and you know it's funny we see this today don 't we? I mean everything is moral high ground it 's exhausting um whether one is "quote" conservative or liberal, whether they're Republican or Democrat, it's just exhausting. Um, we we have liberal and conservative Pharisees. Um, I mean, it's just it's it's a different litmus test, but it's a litmus test by God. Um, and and these uh, this is what morality looks like. Um, and 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 it's really working out great right now, isn't it? Um, it's really uh, it's really it's you know great results. Uh, I think we should stay the course. Um, uh but but interestingly uh, one let me just say this, and for you and for me to think about in relationship with God and relationship uh, with other people um, this this woman comes and she overcomes the fear of rejection, she overcomes the fear of judgment why because she 's heard um, the good news, and she responds in a way which is costly, both socially and financially um, this this perfume, which she anoints Jesus's feet with, is is costly. It's not it's not a it's not a cheap gift. It's an incredibly expensive gift um, that she offers him, and it's not one that he's demanded. Uh, it's you can see how free she's become, how much she's been moved, and for you and me to think about the power that that might have in yours and my life as well. To have that type of joy, that have that type of freedom, that we might be able um, to worship and to give in such a way that we're not you know, so worried about the cost. And as I say that, don't let me pretend that I've got it um, and I've landed or arrived in that place. But she doesn't care about um, the cost um, financially, and she doesn't care about the cost socially. She's not worried about her response to Jesus and her devotion. And and let's be honest, we're often worried about that, aren't we? We want to be Christian, but we don't want to be carried away. Uh, we don't want to take people, We you know, we've, Craig's gotten kind of over-the-top with that Jesus stuff. Um, but she—she she obviously, clearly, she's experienced the freedom of the point. She's not worried about that. Uh, she's not worried about the financial or the social cost of worship and devotion. Um, and then, interesting, I'll, I'll say this because we're getting shorter on time here. We're getting short on time here. Um, interestingly, and again, I talk about our heightened climate right now where there's this just instant outrage um, that, that that happens at, in, at any particular moment. Interestingly, Jesus, can we all agree he's a pretty insightful guy? Um, and he knows what's going on here. He knows what Simon uh, and the others are, are, are doing here. But what does he do? He accepts the invitation. He accepts the invitation and he goes. Uh, and he sees, he knows the rising indignation and amongst Simon and the others that, you know, if this guy were a prophet, he'd know. He'd know what type of woman this was. And not only would he know, but he'd have nothing um, to do with her. He would have absolutely no contact with her whatsoever. And not only does he, but, but Jesus shows a grace and a patience in relationship with Simon as well. Back back to the thing, it's a room full of sinners. Were you going to say something, Catherine? Yes, I have a question. Yeah. common names during mm-hmm. that time. So and uh in this mostly in the scriptures, we, uh it shows, it tells us that um that Nicodemus was the mm-hmm. Pharisee who came. Mm-hmm. So in in this author's book, does he say uh where Simon uh would have come to Jesus uh, later and, and believed in him? No, as I say that's all wild speculation. Um yeah we have we know yeah, there's there's nothing that would lead us to you know there's you you have Simon the leper um, but but this wouldn't be the same person because you know you couldn't be a leper and a Pharisee simultaneously. Um, no, that's that's completely. Uh, again, that's that's kind of a speculation. The fact that his name is noted seems significant, but again, that's all speculative. There's nothing which tells us later in Scripture. You know, we read in Acts or we read in such and such that you know here's here's Simon. But, but lastly, let me say this. Um, in Jesus's encounter uh, with with Simon, rather than um, just flat out uh, rebuking and rejecting him, he engages him. He engages um, Simon. He could have easily said, "You know what, you jerks, I'm out of here." Um, but he doesn't. He engages this woman, but he also engages Simon as well. Basically, saying, "All right, Simon, so you think your you think your debt's only fifty? and hers is 500, but, but let me say, neither of you can pay that, neither of you can pay that debt on your own, uh, I am uh, the payment for the debt, um, through my cross and through my resurrection, I will be um, the payment for what you um, cannot pay, and, and for you and for me, there's tremendous um, freedom in, in recognizing, um, not that we're little sinners, because that's part of the folly, Simon thinks he's a little sinner. Um, and we often tend to think we're little sinners in comparison to other people but the reality is there's no little sinners and quite frankly little sinners have little saviors um, and, and we're and we're great sinners um, with the great savior uh, and we see the mercy uh, of Jesus uh, in ministering to lawbreakers, uh, and ministering to law keepers and there's this invitation um, to a freedom and a relationship uh, with him so as we Hear that? Um, let us pray. Heavenly Father, you know that um, I would imagine for each and every one of us here um, that we're both uh, well, we're law keepers and law breakers. It just depends upon the laws in the moment. Uh, but we're all very definitely in need uh, of your grace and your mercy. I pray that as we go forth this week, that we'll continue to interact with this encounter. Uh, that we'll read it. That we'll reflect on it. and what might be revealed about um, ourselves, but more importantly, what might be revealed about you, uh, and that we might be drawn um, to the joy of uh, worship, uh, and to the joy of the knowledge uh, of the magnitude of our need, and even the greater magnitude of your mercy. Uh, And this we ask in the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.